0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to today's show. I've got literally podcast royalty with me today, and a man who's recreated himself from a career path that he was on for a very long time. I've got Jordan Harbinger. You may have heard his show, The Jordan Harbinger Show, and I'm so stoked to have you here, mate. So thanks for your time.
1: Hey, thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity. And I was so tempted to say, actually, it's Harbinger because you just asked me how to pronounce the name and I told you it was the other way.
0: Arsehole. I decided not to. Start off in fisticuffs. No drama. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Traitor. Now, listen, Jordan, for those that don't know what you have done and where you've come from, do you want to just tell us a little bit about the story as to when you got started with this show, because, I mean, you've got your award winning now, like your top 50 podcasts, you get like 4,000 or sorry, 4 million downloads a month on the show. Uh, I mean, Absolutely.
1: 5.7. Normally oh, I point wouldn't 7. correct you, but 5.7 wow. is
0: a big difference. Yeah. The number has changed again. That is insane. So, so what, what brought you into doing this? What was the drive to have a podcast and, um, and effectively to look at, I guess, unlocking and listening to and learning from a lot of the, the world's talents?
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny that it ended up being this way because what happened originally was I was teaching body language, persuasion, influence, and those kinds of things in in law school back when I was in a student of law back in Michigan. And I thought, oh, you know, it would be really cool if there was a way, if only there was some way, for me to give these conversations to people. So I started burning CDs, which, as you know, is a highly effective method of distribution. <laughs> and... I was giving away these CDs to my friends and then we would meet at a bar pretty much like five, six nights a week, every single week and talk about this stuff. And I started burning CDs because people were coming to me and going, wait, 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 if this does this and this persuasion thing does that and this dating thing does that, then what about this? And I go, oh man, I answered that yesterday. Oh, you weren't here because you're new. Here's a CD, go home, listen to this like 10 hours of basics or six hours, whatever it was. And then come back to me and, you know, we'll figure out like what gaps are missing. And then guys would come back, guys or girls would come back and go, so I gave that to my roommate and I, I need another one. And I go, here you go. And then he'd go, uh, so I was playing that in the car with my brother and he took it. So I need another one. And I was like, okay, I need five bucks. Then people were like, great, I need eight. Cause I need all my buddies to hear this. Cause we're going to go out a lot this summer and they all need this. We, we each need one. Here's, you know, 40 bucks, 50 bucks. I need a bunch. So I'd give them a bunch of of CDs and then I was like, if if there was only a way, this is 2006, if there was only a way for me to put an MP3 file online Hmm. for people to download. So I called GoDaddy, which is like an American domain registrar. I don't know if you use them down there very often. But they were like, yeah, you can rent a shared server and we can serve MP3 files and it's going to be... You know, for ten gigs, it's going to be this much. And I was like, "What happens if we go over?" Not that that'll happen. And they're like, "Oh, we'll either charge you or we'll cut it off." And I was like, "Don't charge me, cut it off." I'm in college; I can't afford this. <laughs> so they were like, "Great." And then after like four days, we started getting more and more downloads. And then after like eight days, I was like, "Oh, it's broken." And then I called GoDaddy, and they're like, "Yeah, you ran out of data." And I was like, "No, there's like ten gigs of data. Was there a setting wrong?" And she's like, "You served twelve thousand episodes of this at this bit rate, so you're." one gig or whatever allowance is gone and I was like oh oops and she's like yeah sorry there's no unlimited bandwidth plan nothing again this is 2006 so we finally started we found Libsyn which is a podcast host and we're like let's do this thing as a podcast because that's where people are getting mp3s online I'd never heard of it nobody I knew had ever heard of podcasting Mm. so we were like one of the first like seven or eight hundred podcasts in iTunes as far as I knew and we are, we, we uploaded the show there. And that's when people who are actually looking for stuff to listen to it, this is back when there was no cover art, iTunes is all text navigation. Then we started seeing like, Hey, we served 40,000 of these in a month. And I was like, that's obviously wrong. That makes no sense. How would people find this? And the answer, and plus we looked at our analytics and it was like South Africa, 13,000 downloads. and I was like, or you know, 3000 or 1300 or whatever it was. And I was like, South Africa, Australia, how are people outside of Ann Arbor, Michigan finding this? And you know how that goes now. But back in 2006, there wasn't really any – nobody had any idea that you could put something online and it would, quote, unquote, go viral. Blog posts maybe got emailed to e- people, yeah. you know, like Tucker Max, if you remember that guy. Like, he would send out emails or post on his blog and people would forward it to each other. But that was that was viral. There was no – That was cutting There was it, no. Too it was cutting edge. There was no such thing as YouTube. If you want to sort of put that time frame on it, YouTube
0: didn't exist. Jesus. So it's, it's one of the very first podcasters out there. Uh Wow. That's, um, and you've been at it. You've got a number of, a lot of episodes now, obviously, because you've been doing it for such a long time. I mean, you, you went from your, cause obviously you were doing the podcast whilst you were going through law, right? Well, you would
1: practice. I did. Yeah. I went, I did the podcast during school, which is kind of nuts actually.
0: Um, and what what at what stage did it get to a point where you did you ever get to a point where you went why am i even studying i've got a big audience maybe i'm going to be an entertainer maybe i'm going to go down this path did that ever cross your mind or are you the sort of no. person that's kind of like no nah, i want to do this and when i put my mind to it i'm not going to hold back i'm going to make it happen and i'm going to end it on my terms
1: oh no it made no sense this never crossed my mind the idea th- this is this dates this is going to be kind of funny because of everybody who who goes through this now, this is a different world. Now the idea that you would be some sort of dude that makes enough money online to survive is, was ludicrous yeah. In 2006, 2007. Like I think Tim Ferriss's book, four hour work week had just come out. And even he was like, I'm an author. Right. And yeah. he's like, I got a blog. That was the popular stuff at the time. Nobody was, there was no, there weren't influencers. There was obviously no Instagram. Facebook was something that like only people at certain colleges were allowed to use because it was invite only, believe it or not. Right. So there was just people literally from Michigan, Harvard, Yale, etc. were on there. There was no YouTube there. Twitter, I think was around, but like that was all journalists and then other randos. Like it wasn't, nobody was like an influencer, really. Maybe there were, but nobody my age certainly was paying attention to it. Internet, well, you talk to people via AOL Instant Messenger, right? Yeah. People didn't even text. They didn't even text, man. <laughs> so the iPhone back in, didn't exist. Back in the days when people used to communicate freely to each yeah, other. Yeah, well, they didn't. <laughs> I mean, we didn't. We, but, but there was no the, – the, the iPhone didn't exist. Like, yeah. nobody had one because it wasn't out yet. And then my friend got one, and I went, holy shit, this thing yeah. is the future, yep. right? So, it, it was a completely different world, man. It was completely, completely different back then. So, no, the idea that I was like, I'm going to make a living out of this. I mean,
0: give me a break. That <laughs> did not, that was not a thing. I can understand. It must have been, uh, it, it must have been pretty cool when you actually saw that that was going to happen. I mean, as it morphed and came together, the plan sort of started to have, well, I guess it wasn't really a plan. You, you wanted to study law and you, you did so. Um, but as you were going through and studying law, the guests that you've had, I mean, you have had some amazing humans that you've spoken to over the years and they just keep on, you know, you keep pulling them out of the, out of the top shelf, really. They're, they're, they're fantastic guests. What's the most common thread um, from these guests? I mean, we, we're talking about a, a wide range of, of, of different experts, business experts, entrepreneurs. We've got, you know, mindset people, all sorts of walks of life. So is there a common thread for these people, anything that they all have in common, that is uh, that you can attribute to their success.
1: Can you repeat that? I think it broke up a little. I hope you edit these.
0: No, it's fine mate. um so if, if you like you had so many interviews with so many people over the years, all at the top of their game, okay, so you're know, talking about entrepreneurs, sports people, uh, people in the mindset world, all that sort of stuff. Is there a common thread of the, like some of the skills or some of the the mindsets that these people have? that make them successful or are they all just gifted
1: uh actually it's a little bit of both or a little bit of all these different things so i think a lot of people and i've talked about this on the jordan harbinger show before a lot of people underestimate the role of luck if they're successful and a lot of people who are unsuccessful overestimate the role of luck so i'll repeat that if you're unsuccessful usually you'll say something like oh these people just got lucky but if you are successful, you'll usually say, I didn't get lucky. I worked hard to be here. And the answer, honestly, is that both of those things are true. So you have to be really careful when looking at people not to totally attribute it to luck or not to ignore luck entirely. So that's the first first bit of it. The second bit of it is you can't listen necessarily to what they say. And I, this is, I know sounds ridiculous, but if you, there are numerous commencement speeches at universities and things like that where uh, let's say some entrepreneur goes up there, you know, from Shark Tank or Dragon's Den or whatever you guys have down there, and says, never give up. Always follow your passion and go for your dreams. And it, that sounds like good advice and it's what people want to hear, but actually it's not the truth. And actually it's really bad advice. The truth is they don't necessarily know what the factors were in their own success. And if they did, they couldn't necessarily make them concise enough to fit into a speech. So instead, they say things like, go for follow your dreams, follow your passion, never give up, when really that might be really bad advice. So you have to be really careful because a lot of interview podcasts, especially, they'll interview someone and that person will say those types of things yeah. and they don't really know what's going on. It's kind of like saying, why are you flying? Well, I'm pumping my arms really hard. And meanwhile, you know, that's not why, Right. Yep. And so there's a lot of people that don't know why they're successful. And it makes sense. Most of us don't because we don't know all the factors that went into it. People who really dissect this really well, guys like Malcolm Gladwell wrote a book called Outliers. And it talks about Bill Gates is really smart, is really hardworking, but here's this fortuitous set of circumstances that allowed him to get where he is today. And it's like, he grew up in a certain area. He had access to a computer he then used ingenuity to gain access to that computer basically 24 seven when nobody had that kind of access to the computer. And that's how he learned how to program before literally anyone else. And he found out all the pain points because he knew all these computer users. Like there's a huge element of luck for him having been close proximity to a school, finding out about computers, gaining access to that. So mixed with ingenuity and, and determination. So like people who tell you it's one or two things, they don't, they're not lying. Well, they are. It's just unintentional. They actually have no clue. So you'll talk to a famous comedian like Howie Mandel, who was on the show. He's very introspective and intelligent. And he might say something like, if you believe in it, go for it. And I don't know if he said this exact words, but that's not necessarily true. It's called survivor bias. So if you listen to the people who've crushed it on Dragon's Den or Shark Tank or whatever you guys have, they might say, if you believe it, go for it and never give up. Well, never give up is actually horrible advice, especially in business. You should give up routinely. Hmm. It's just you have to know when. So I'm always, always very careful to elicit people's advice, of course, but I don't really want to hear what they advise. I want to see what they did and then I want to parse it from circumstances because if you became the CEO of a company, at age 20, and it was a multi-million dollar company, that's really good. But when I find out that the reason that that happened was because the owner passed away and you happened to be the only person that worked there that knew how you know, any of the systems worked because he was your uncle, I'm less impressed, yep. right? I'm still impressed, but it's not a replicable pattern for the audience. Likewise, when I see somebody, they've got 10 billion views on YouTube. Okay, how long have they been doing it? this long great and they didn't quit the whole time so the the idea is it's consistency if they went for that long not oh well and also you were first to market so there's a huge advantage there not i'm just really funny and i practice being funny every day like that's not the reason you know so or at least it's not the whole reason so you have to be very careful so yes there are common threads like tenacity consistency and things like that and yes it's talent but it's also there's a huge element of it that's luck and if you're thinking it's a the majority, you're wrong, and if you think it doesn't play a part at all, you're also wrong. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, that's that. It, it does make sense, and uh, the, the, obviously, there's always a, a number of factors that have to come together. And the the, the example of Bill Gates is really a perfect one because it, it, right, you've got to have right place, right time, right access to information, and the right person. These are the things that really need to come together to to have something. And and look, you know, Bill Gates is obviously one of the most far flung, biggest heroes ever type inventor type character, right? I mean, he's one of the wealthiest people in the world. Everybody knows the name Bill Gates. Uh, so it's a big example to use. I mean, even in our day-to-day life, however, you know, there's certain things that we've got to be aware of. I mean, if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're six foot four, relatively slender and, uh, and row, well, you're the right size to be a rower. You're not going to be a, a prop forward in the rugby union side because you're just the wrong make. So mm-hmm. I, I, I understand it because there's, there's a physical side to it to sports and athletes as well. And we just got to sort of, I guess, adapt that and understand that that also happens in the business world as well. So um, look, I'm really interested to ask you about one thing in particular that uh, I've mm-hmm. read about you. Now you have done a huge amount of travel. Okay. A huge amount of travel, which is really cool. I think that's epic. I, I love travel myself. So one of the times, actually two times, two times, ladies and gentlemen, Jordan was kidnapped. (laughs) What were you doing, and why did you get kidnapped?
1: So, it's funny. I've been to North Korea four times, never got kidnapped. But when I lived in a – there's a country called Serbia, and I, I think it's an awesome place. So, just for the record, anybody Serbian who's, like, upset about this, I love Serbia. I think it's amazing. I've been back there. I've got great close friends there, great food, great people, everything. The problem is their secret police are or their state security police are total dicks. And they thought I was a spy and they went and nabbed me because I was uh, walking around living in the country, didn't register with the police properly, which because they, last time I'd registered with the police, they threw me in a jail cell overnight. It, it's, a, it's not a super corrupt place, but it's corrupt and, and, and inept enough as a former socialist country that it's a pain in the ass a lot of the, the time. And this is, you know, 2004. So, so hopefully it's changed since then. But I had serious problems there and they were just always harassing me because I was one of the few Americans that lived in the country but was not a diplomat with diplomatic immunity. It was a big problem. So I was always being harassed. A lot of other expats were also being harassed. So that was that. The time before that was in 2000 or 2001 and I lived in Mexico and I was a broke ass student. So I lived in a barrio that wasn't like the hood but it also was not a nice place. (laughs) And I got picked up by a fake taxi And I took that fake taxi and I started to drive quite far away from my destination. And I just, I knew where my destination was because Mexico city is actually quite easy to navigate. The center of town is at the bottom of the bowl and everything else is up in the mountains. And we were driving up instead of down. And I was like, wait a minute, this is wrong because I wanted to go to the center of town. So I ended up getting a, in a struggle conflict with the cab driver, um, and ended up choking him out. You know, He was trying to take me into a weird ghetto building that was like cinder block constructed and all this stuff. And it, it could have ended poorly because wow. he did definitely uh, have a knife in the glove box, which I had found after he was unconscious. And I thought, oh, I bet he was reaching for that and couldn't get it. Because wow. I basically slid behind him and choked him with the seat around uh, between yeah. me and him.
0: So, so you're, you're, you're in a relatively safe position, to be fair.
1: Uh, yeah, but I was choking him out, so he could have easily just reached back, and, unless oh. he could have stabbed my arm. And if he was really flexible, he could have stabbed me in the face or the eyes uh, or the neck if he was able to get his arm back. But um, I think, you know, a sleeper, man, it's, you've got about three and a half, four seconds if somebody gets proper form on you. And he, he'd already stopped the car. That was what really triggered me. He had already tried to get out of the car, and I'd thrown, you know, I had my arm between him and the door grabbed him up against the seat, and then re- reached my other arm around the seat and ended up with my forearm over his face, which suffocated him a little bit. So I'm sure that caused a panic reaction. And then I switched down to his throat and choked him out. Now, the, the thing is, look, also, this is a 55, maybe, or 48-year-old, I don't know, guy who sits in a cab all day long, yeah. a, fake, <laughs> a fake cab. I was 20, and I went to the gym twice a day because I was a loser with no friends and didn't speak that, well, uh, that good of Spanish. I didn't speak that good of English. I didn't speak that good of Spanish. So I was doing nothing but working out and eating beef, carne asada, you know, that <laughs> kind of thing. So I was probably like 209 pounds of solid muscle at five foot nine. And he was probably like five foot six and sitting on his ass all day. In a 300 kilo pounds. Kilo. Yeah, yeah. You know, not, not a guy who was going to win a physical conflict. So I ended up choking him out, throwing him out of the car, had to crawl between him because the back doors he had locked and he had cut the locks. So that they fell below the door. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 it like, does. That, that way you can't pull it up manually. And I guess he had a child lock on or something, or some sort of jury rig where I couldn't get out of the back. So I he'd obviously done this before. So I crawled between him uh, and or the front seats, open the door, push him out, try to drive the car. Whoopsie Daisy! I have a hard time driving a stick when you're panic mode because I'm American. We didn't. Yes. I've learned it, you know. A long time ago, then even five years ago, even then, never drove a stick since. And on top of that, it's probably like a 1968 VW Bug, right? So I'm not exactly like you know, a stick car that's that old has a trick. The clutch has a trick. You don't just put it down and do it. You got to put it halfway down. You got to jiggle it a little, little. I didn't know that, and I didn't have time for that. So I took the keys out, threw the keys. Uh, I should have kept the keys. 2020 hindsight, but I threw the keys so he couldn't just chase me in the car because um, I figured he probably got up, you know, a few seconds later. Because a sleeper doesn't kill you, it puts you to sleep for five, ten seconds—I don't know—and uh, he lay there for a while. So I'm hoping he's not dead. But then I just ran, you know, I just ran away and got away. But uh, I ended up having to move
0: um, oh, out I'm of not Mexico surprised. City. That's—I um, mean, what what an adventure! What a story! I mean, look, they, these are great things to happen once they're over and done with, because we've got oh, yeah in our arsenal of. Awesome epic stories, uh, whether we run a podcast or, or whether we're just down the pub with our mates, you know, um, But that, that, is, that is truly quite amazing to think that you've been kidnapped, sorry, kidnapped twice in two different countries. Now, you've also been through war zones. You, you've traveled through war zones. What was the plan? What was your thinking around that? Was it because you wanted to experience that country and there just happened to be a war or you wanted to experience a war zone? Why would one travel through a war zone, Jordan?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, these are, that's in my bio, but it's not like this is not an active conflict zone. You'd have to be pretty stupid to travel through an active conflict zone unless you're a journalist. Yeah. But I'm talking about like I went to Sarajevo after the war and saw a lot of towns that hadn't been rebuilt. A lot of towns are still not rebuilt in Bosnia. Um, And I went to a couple of other places where there was like very, very low intensity conflict, Gaza Strip. Uh, Kosovo that kind of thing so we're I'm not talking of this is not like I'm not running through Iraq or Afghanistan with an an American flag draped over my back yelling you know yelling at people I I was pretty low-key living and working in these places and I was never caught in any sort of like gunfire crossfire type situations or anything it wasn't necessarily that safe I mean I remember in Kosovo I was with friends so I felt fine, but I, I, we ran into a patrol of German soldiers and they went, what are you guys doing here? And I was like, oh, I'm a tourist. And he goes, that doesn't even make sense. You are not supposed to be here. And I was like, well, why not? It's legal, right? And he's like, I don't know, let me see. Is it legal? And he's talking in German, which I, I was an exchange student in Germany, so he was shocked. I could, so he's tell, he's, I'm like, I understand everything you're saying. And he's like, first of all, how do you speak German? Second of all, what are you doing here? You know, this is a conflict area where UN peacekeepers, like, what the hell are you actually doing in this area? But it really wasn't the type of thing that I had to worry about. I mean, yes, Serbs and Albanians at that time were getting into rioting, conflicts, you know, it was up and down, but it wasn't like, you're not walking out in in tear gas. It's not like, you're not going to see me on CNN wearing a gas mask. So these are the types of war zones and conflict zones and like candidly, what, you know, put, saying travel through war Warzone sounds great in a bio and it's technically true, but yeah, I'm not pulling a Geraldo Rivera traveling
0: through Iraq with a helmet on. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, look, last question I want to get to, Jordan, is really, you, because you've had so many guests and look, it's, it's probably an impossible one to answer, right? Um, who's your most interesting guest? Like, who, who has really rocked you in a way that you, you've never forgotten what they said or, or what you learned from them?
1: yeah i mean never forgotten what they've said i love guys like jocko willing because he's got really simple very applicable concepts but you know recently one that i did that i love do you know who howie mandel is is that guy famous in yeah, australia he, at all
0: does he do like your like a talent shows or something like that yeah, like, america's like he's on got stage? talent That's it? yeah
1: he's a famous yeah. comedian in america's got talent um he was a really good interview recently because he was just so raw so real so interesting Um, I've also had a guy recently, Cameron Harold, who's a friend of mine. He was the CEO of a huge multi-hundred dollar million, uh, multi-hundred million dollar company. And he talked about how his bipolar disorder actually is a superpower for him as a, as a COO because he harnesses sort of that mania and also the introspection that comes from depression. So I thought that was quite interesting. Um, I've also had a guy recently that Brian Johnson, who's developing brain machine interfaces, where we will actually be able to talk to our computers. And he's the closest out of anybody to be successfully doing this successfully. But I mean, the guests I've had are, are really interesting, man. It's not like there's never a kind of a dull one, in my opinion. I, I don't know if you mentioned this pre show. I think you might have. Episode 217 was a photographer who got kidnapped by Al Qaeda in Syria and escaped. You know, I mean, these guys all have super interesting lessons that just really aren't something to kind of sneeze at you know that then you on the other side of the spectrum i've got reed hoffman founder of linkedin and or eric schmidt former chairman of google who are you know are coming in on the technical side so it's hard to pick one and say yeah. this is the one that was life-changing i mean it's yep. they're all designed to make you smarter and that's
0: what they do and that is what we like um so are you doing one show a week how frequent are the shows that you- the three a week three a week so, you're thanks busy. for
1: doing your prep on that one. Yeah, three a week.
0: <laughs> well, I listen to the one, I, I go through and I pick out the ones that I, uh, I'm really interested in listening to. I, I've li- recently listened to um, the dude from, um, what's it called, Mythbusters. I found that really interesting because for me, he was somebody that I watch on TV. I thought, man, this guy seems to be super happy he just oozes confidence he oozes joy he, he just he, he just seems like a kid you know always just so full of excitement and, and, and positivity so listening to him actually speak on something that's not just you know MythBusters was really quite fascinating so um definitely go through guys make sure you subscribe to this uh this podcast the jordan harbinger podcast the harbinger oh, i can't even say it the way you want me to say it <laughs> <laughs> but make sure you get involved because guys, there are some epic stories through this entire podcast. You can go to jordanharvinger.com and go through all the different podcasts to choose what you like to listen to. Jordan, what have you got coming up, mate? You got, you got any, any big guests coming up that are really exciting for you? I mean, obviously every guest is exciting, all that sort of stuff, yada, yada, but is there anyone in particular? We, we all do have guests on our show, so we go, I'm actually really looking forward to speaking with that person.
1: For sure, yeah. I mean, I've got a cult expert coming up who specializes in helping people escape from cults. So that's wow. going to be pretty interesting.
0: That yeah. would be really cool. There's some of the stories this dude must have. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's very interesting. And then I've got an expert on narcissism coming up as well. Uh, and I had the presidential advisor for cyber, uh, cyber attacks and terrorism. He's coming on, Richard Clark. So he's, you know, we're talking about how hackers can basically cause major trouble and get people killed. A lot of people think it's only online, that damage, but uh, it's, that's not how it goes. It gets people killed in real life when
0: you take down a power grid, right? That's very, very true. They have far too much control if they can get their hands on I mean, you've got some fascinating guests coming up, mate. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure listening to you do your thing. And it's even more of a pleasure being able to actually interview you Get to know the Manning Cell. So, thank you so much for your time today, mate. You've also got some networking courses and bits and pieces. What should people do if they want to plug in to you, hear about you? Where do they find you? Where do they get involved?
1: It's the Jordan Harbinger Show, anywhere you find podcasts, of course, Spotify, Apple, wherever you're listening. And of course, jordanharbinger.com. And I teach people how to maintain and build relationships, network, and things like that. I, I actually teach this mostly to intelligence agents military and special forces but I, I made a free course for civilians that's online and that's at jordanharbinger.com slash course and if people are interested in that check it out it's it's not just for military and special forces and intelligence anymore it's you know it's got a
0: civilian component and who cares if it even is that sounds very interesting so get across the website guys jordan it's been an absolute pleasure and an honor to be able to uh, sit down and have a chat with you today I, I really appreciate your time mate and i wish you all the best going forward and hopefully hopefully you don't get kidnapped again.
1: I know. Third time's the charm, but I don't think I'm up for it. (laughs) Thanks so much for your time, mate. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Bye -bye. Bye for now.